This is Hard Beautiful Journey, a safe space to be open and honest, to speak truth and harness the power of vulnerability and sharing. Unravel the strength of connecting through conversation from mental health, trauma and addictions, to grief and spirituality. This is the podcast to use your voice, because when you use your voice, you ignite your soul. I am your host, Tiffany Vaughn. Join me as I help others talk about their hard, beautiful journey. I know they will inspire you as much as they inspire me. So let's get started. You have to come back. You have to come back. Corey, you have to come back. Those words and the absolute anguish behind them is something that will never leave my memory for the rest of my life. Welcome to Hard Beautiful Journey and the first episode of season four. Those words, they were coming from my mom in the early morning hours of October the 28th. On October 27th, my big brother, Corey, passed away tragically of a fentanyl drug overdose. My dad was the one to call me But it was my brother that woke me up. My ringer was off and my phone was facing down, so there was no light that would have been shining. And at the moment that my dad was calling, I woke up, picked up my phone, not even knowing that it was ringing. And there was my dad's face on the screen at 12.05 a.m. And I knew it was bad news. Dad said, Tiffany, your brother passed away. And instantly, all the air in my lungs was gone. For quite some time, I knew that there was a high probability of it happening. But I gotta tell you, nothing can ever prepare you for when it actually happens. The only thing that I remember after hanging up with my dad is crying hysterically, swearing like a drunken sailor, dry heaving and yelling like a mad woman. My family lives about three and a half hours away from me. And even in my state of mind, I knew I needed to get to them right away, especially my mom. James stayed home with the kids so that I could leave right away. Without a doubt, my brother was the one who guided me home. I don't remember more than 10 minutes of that drive. And I know I made a couple of phone calls, but I don't remember much else, except a feeling of dread the closer that I got to Medicine Hat. Knowing that I had to see my parents and my sister in the worst pain of their lives. And yeah, it was hard, very hard. But what sent me into a tailspin was when I went into the house and I sat down on the couch in the living room and my mom had set a picture of Corey on their coffee table. And it was seeing his face in that picture, a picture that I had taken of him a few years ago. And knowing that I would never see him again, I lost all of the air in my body again and a full-blown anxiety attack hit me. Thank God that my mom and sister were there in that moment with me on the floor. The days that followed are a bit of a blur, 
but there were a few moments that I'm wanting to share with you. And the reason being is best explained in a text, actually, that I, a dear friend of mine sent me. And this is what it said. As you rejoice in the raw, real truth of it, it gives me and others permission to get real with our own grief and sit in our own feelings. You're such a big, beautiful, bright light of love in all its mess and grace. Truly. Thank you for being you and loving all of her. The more we all do that, the more we will all pull through together and learn acceptance more and surrender more. Thank you, KL, for that message. You know how much that message means to me. The first moment that I want to talk about was the day after my brother died. I was definitely under the influence. I felt the need to numb myself as much as possible so that I didn't have to feel my heart breaking into a million pieces every single second. It was early afternoon and my parents, they live across the street from a school. It was a Thursday, so it had kids in it. And if you listened to episode 50, you would have heard how my brother and I danced in the rain together and we laid on the grass in that schoolyard and told each other how much we loved each other and that he would get through this. Well, I wanted to feel close to Corey again, and in my state of mind, I thought, go to the schoolyard. He'll be there. So I grabbed a blanket, put on my hoodie with my pajama pants, and headed across the street. I put the blanket on the grass, I laid down, and started talking to Corey. And it was a rainy, rainy, cloudy day, but I felt a bright ray of sunshine hit my face and I knew it was him saying I'm okay Tiff I'm okay then (laughs) I saw my brother-in-law's face in front of me begging me to get up because it was almost time for recess and I probably scare some kids if they saw me laying there in the rain in my pajamas I do believe that I told him to beat it once or twice But thankfully, my senses returned, and I agreed with him and went back to the house. Thank you, Scott. (laughs) My brother lived in an apartment in the hat, one that I had never been to. It still breaks my heart when I think about that. He had been in it for about a year or so, and I guess we never made an effort to go there when we went down to visit. He would just always come over to my mom and dad's house. So a couple days after he passed away, I went there with my dad. I needed to. Well, that just about did me in. My dad opened the door and right there at the front door were his work boots. Nice and neat and orderly. Like he always kept his homes. Like he just got home from work. Then I went around the corner into his living room and on his coffee table was a bowl of chips. That bowl of chips sent me into a tailspin that lasted a good hour or more. It was like he just put them there and was sitting down to watch a football game. Something drew me to a spot on his living room floor and I knew in my soul that that was where he passed away. 
I laid down on that spot and wept. I felt him with me so strongly in that moment. Like he was hugging me as I laid there. Even though it was so, so sad, I am so grateful that I went to his last home and paid my respects to him there. A couple days after he passed away, I needed to get away from everyone. I just couldn't be around anybody. So I rented a hotel room not far from my parents' home. I laid in that bed for almost two straight days and cried. The only thing that got me out of bed was the washroom and skip the dishes. What was so amazingly beautiful in those two days is that I felt my brother with me, literally felt him sitting on the bed with me. I thought for sure I was imagining it, so I would hold my breath and not move a single inch, and then the bed would move. Over and over it happened, and the goosebumps would wash over me like a warm hug. It was exactly what I needed to get through in those two days. On the morning that I was checking out of the hotel, the weather had turned quite cool and my windows were all frosted over. And I went to go and get something out of my purse to try and scrape the windows. And I clearly heard the words, get inside. And no, I was not being robbed. So I did. And when I turned my head to the left, The sun was shining through the frost, and I could see so many beautiful snowflakes in amazing detail. And if you want to see what I'm talking about, I posted some of the photos that I took on my Instagram and Facebook accounts. That was so incredibly comforting and a beautiful sign from my big brother that he was okay and we would get through this together. When it was time to start planning Corey's celebration of life, I knew I wanted to do something that is my love language, which is a video tribute. This was going to serve as my part of the eulogy because I knew I wouldn't be strong enough to talk on the day of the service, so this was the best way for me to do it. I was reminded of so many incredible moments with my brother. We were 18 months apart and very close as young kids. And seeing those old photos and telling funny stories from our childhood was very hard, of course, but it was also comforting. Also, while creating the video, I had one thought replay through my head over and over and over. I've got to get this right. I've got to get this right. And what I mean by that is I wanted everyone to really, really see And remember my brother as the adorable, innocent child he once was. The son, brother, father, nephew, grandchild, friend. I didn't want people to remember my brother for how he died, but the person that he really was, which is a giant teddy bear with a heart of gold and a smile that could literally light up the whole world. His service was incredibly beautiful. Denise was so, so strong and got up to read a final goodbye letter to Corey, and how she did that still amazes me. Then my video was shown, and yep, absolutely, I cried like a baby along with everyone else. 
we went to the graveyard to deliver his body to the crematorium and then went back to my parents for a lunch and I crashed hard because grief is very exhausting. If you'd like to see this video that I made for my brother, the link is in the show notes. A week after the funeral, I took a trip down to Texas for a work conference and I made my way to Mustang Island, which is a beautiful beach community along the Gulf Coast. I sat on the beach with Corey's bottle of ashes, had a drink, and then walked into the ocean with him. I really didn't think that I would be able to let him go. It was very, very difficult. And yes, there were many tears. But finally, as the sun was setting, I put my brother's ashes in that ocean and I set him free even more than he already was. It was a beautiful moment between my brother and I, and it will always be in my memory. My sister Denise is in Mexico with her family over New Year's, and she's doing the same. So now he's been in two oceans in two months, more than ever in his whole life. Getting back to daily life after the death of a loved one is difficult. It hasn't been easy at all. What happens now? How does life go on when a piece of your heart is missing? Mom, Dad, and Denise have their own grief journey, which is different from my own, but we're supporting each other through every up and down. My mom talks to Corey every morning, and he leaves her signs through numbers. My dad wrote Corey a letter that he shared with us, and it is so, so beautiful. Denise talks to Corey often and enjoys 420 dates with her big brother. Corey's children, Ty, Katie, and Liam, are always in our thoughts, and we check in on them all the time and give them the love and support that they need to cope with this devastating loss of their beautiful dad. Kids, if you are listening to this, please never forget how much we love you and will always be here for you. This is a very difficult thing to deal with, and we hope and pray that you will find peace one day. The thing that has helped me cope through this devastating loss is something I have been very open about, and that is my spirituality and faith. About two years ago, I started to notice and hear from others that I was highly intuitive At first, I didn't understand what that meant and how it could benefit my life. But I began a daily meditation practice and just really started tapping into my inner knowing. I started to notice signs from my angels and guides on a daily basis, like repeating numbers, certain animals showing up, and even license plates. I also get full body goosebumps when I know that a spirit is with me. When Corey passed away, I felt him with me right away. Like I said earlier, I felt him at the end of my bed for the first few nights after he passed away, and I still occasionally feel him there. And in my meditations, I talk to him, and he responds. I know it may sound unlikely or strange to some of you, but trust me, it is real. And if this wasn't happening, I am positive I would be in a very dark pit of despair. Do I still cry and have hard days? Every single day. Every single day I have tears, 
but almost as soon as they come, I almost feel him calming me down. It's like he's a warm blanket that is wrapped around my body. And I also journal. I journal every day. I write down things that I'm grateful for and also just write to him and tell him what's going on in my life and thank him for being my guide. One time he communicated to me through a relative. My cousin James texted me a few weeks after Corey's passing and said, I have an idea of how you can honor your brother and his legacy. That idea? The Corey Carson Foundation. Instant full body goosebumps. So I knew my brother was there. In my meditation later that day, I asked Corey if he liked James's idea. And I clearly heard him say, I gave him the idea to tell you. I just couldn't reach you in your grief. And then he showed me what he wanted the logo to include and held up his always present rocker hand. And so with my family and some close friends of Corey's, we have had discussions about starting up a nonprofit foundation in his name. There are a couple of big whys for this foundation, why we want to do it. One is to help those that are struggling with their mental health and addictions get into the treatment that they need. And another is to help the kids that are left behind get the counseling that they need to deal with the death of a parent. More details about this foundation will be announced as things progress, but for now, we are taking the time to grieve. And when it's meant to happen, it will happen. We know how much it will help others that struggle with their mental health, trauma, and addictions, and if it helps even one person or one family from experiencing the heartbreak we are facing, then it will be worth it. Now, back to the logo idea Corey showed me in my meditation. I immediately knew the person I wanted to bring it to life, and that is my tattoo artist, Eric. So I reached out to him with a very, very long Instagram message. I met with him and said, I'd like a rocker hand with double angel wings and the words hard, beautiful journey. I also wanted the colors black, white, and blue, which are Corey's favorite colors. What Eric came up with still takes my breath away and is now the cover of this podcast and will be used for the foundation when we do get it started. And of course, I got it tattooed on my arm And if you know my zero pain tolerance, then you know how much I love my brother. I will always be reminded of my beautiful brother every time I see it. Eric, thank you again from the bottom of my heart for using your amazing talent to bring this to life. I know Corey loves it as much as I do. So now what? Well, I know his death has been the catalyst to really focus my podcast pillars. I want this podcast to be a place for people to talk about their mental health, their trauma, their addictions. I want this to be a place to honor grief and find some peace. I want you to know that this is a safe space to be real, raw, and vulnerable. I'm here to listen and walk you through the process of talking about your journey. What I also want for this podcast is to be a place to express gratitude and feel joy. Even in the darkest moments, there truly is something to be grateful for. And if you can laugh and find small moments of joy, 
the hard times will be a little less hard. If you are ready to share your hard, beautiful journey with me and my listeners, I would be honored to be the person to help you share it. You can go to my podcast website at hardbeautifuljourney.com and complete the form on the homepage and I will be in contact with you. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank everyone that has been there for me and my family over the past couple of months during this very difficult time. Every call, text message, and hug has been so appreciated. It truly means the world to me and our family. And finally, please remember that you are never alone in your struggles. Please don't suffer in silence. There is always, always someone there to listen. And I am one of those people. Until next time, please be kind and stay well. Bye-bye.